0: Welcome back, everybody, to Le Eglise Black High. I am your host, Nike Lenin Scott, and the tea, Este Silencio. As you guys know, I have a revolving chair of friends, cousins, guests, and today is no different. Today is actually my favorite day because I am with my favorite person and I'm gonna let her introduce herself.
1: <laughs> hi sis, hi everybody. Um, my name is Naomi St. Louis. I have been friends with Nike for some time now. Truly God sent um i am a recently ordained pastor i am a youth leader i am a spoken word artist poet um i am a brand storyteller creator um just call me the creative right god uses me in so many ways and i'm so happy to be here thank you for having me thank you for coming thank you for that introduction you usually have to pull out of people like and what else do you do
0: what else are you thank you she is everything that she says she is And she has helped me through so many things. And we're going to talk about a lot of things, a lot of good stuff. And I feel like everything you're going to say is going to be super relatable. So I'm so happy you're here. First things first, I want to ask you, what does "le Liglis
1: Lakai mean to you? Ooh, "le Liglis Lakai. Okay. I mean, (laughs) this is what my life was growing up. You know, I'm Haitian, right? Haitian descent. So uh or well, the haitian let go legally like i went to school home church school home church school home church that's literally what my life was that was probably the like legally was the only extracurricular activity that Ugh. my parents would have approved so i fought for a couple of things mm-hmm. but legally if i say i'm going to Legley's, then nobody's asking me questions nobody's like naomi right. My mom's going to be like, yes, you can go. Yeah. You can go on that trip. You can do this. Just yeah. because Ligley's was on there.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Same. I want to know, was it like something that you were forced to do, somewhere you were forced to go, or did you love being in, the, you know, church and doing church things? Like,
1: were you a church girl? I was a church girl. Okay. I did love church Um, for my... I mean, I'm trying to remember my early, early years, mm-hmm. but we used to we were heavily like youth ministry was a thing. Yeah. That's where I you know, that's where I learned how to socialize mm-hmm. with people and converse with people. Um, so I did like church. I think I grew into liking it once I started getting to know my community. Mm-hmm. At one point I just didn't identify with them. But when I did start to get to know people, um, I did love doing like I loved youth events a mm-hmm. lot. I loved, um, like, anything involved for church when it came to doing youth activities. hmm yeah. yeah.
0: Now, I like to consider Naomi a creative like me. Like she just said, she is multi-talented. She is not restricted to one thing. Um, and as you know, obviously, we're Haitian, so it's one of those things where it's like, this is not necessarily a, a traditional space to be in as a Haitian um woman or a Haitian man or whatever, if you know, you know, you know, uh, being a lawyer, being a nurse, you know, being an engineer, those are like, I guess one of the aspirational careers that, you know, our parents and our culture has set up for us. But going in a route where you are creative for a living is really unheard of. And I know personally for my journey in becoming a creative, it was hard not just because it was an unfamiliar space but because also my family and my parents didn't understand that Mm -hmm. can you speak to that i don't know you know what's funny i've never asked you that question like how was your journey as you know becoming a creative
1: okay it's interesting because when i was in school i was not the greatest student y'all in college undergrad i was not that great of a student um, but I remember I told my mom, I'm going to do psychology degree. Mm-hmm. And at that time, psychology and still kind of still in the Haitian church, it's now becoming a thing. Um, but at that time, psychology was just not the thing to do Mm -hmm. so i remember being in a a, a car ride back from church with her and another person in the church Mm -hmm. and my mom wasn't like judging me she just didn't understand what it was and but another man that was in the car he kind of understood what it was and he's like why are you wasting your time doing this and i was just like i don't know i just love it like Mm -hmm. me being in the space i love learning in this space i love learning about psychology so when i was in college i actually pursued that psychology degree but i originally was going to go there for nursing wow Um, so that that was my original plan like to go to college for nursing and i end up just falling into the psychology path Um, but then while i was in college still not being really that great of a student and i'll say i wasn't that great of a student because i didn't have the the discipline within myself i am a first generation college student within my family um it was difficult i'll say but i'll i would mention like i started doing spoken word right throughout Mm -hmm. my career in college Mm -hmm. and it was it kind of just fell into my lap as a form of expression and i never saw it as a form of money Mm. I never saw it as like, I just thought it as like, oh, it's just one of those hobbies that you just write poetry. Mm -hmm. You just just do that or you just perform on stage as poetry. So I would, you know, be like, all right, I'm doing this because I love it. And it wasn't something I spoke to my family about. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do for my career. They just knew that I was good at speaking. They Mm -hmm. knew I was good at um, ministering or at that time performing. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, my parents never discouraged me. Um, Again, my parents speak English, but not a lot. So they don't really quite understand fully my, like what poetry really is, what Mm -hmm. performance really is. They didn't even really understand the the depths in the scales of how i did things like right. the events and mm-hmm. the the programming and the showcases and the plays mm-hmm. like my mom and my, pa- my parents didn't know nothing about that because to me i didn't feel like that was something they would care for mm-hmm. you know what i mean it wasn't something i would think that they would be proud of like w- somebody that I would like all right i have a degree in this and i did this and i did that they, i felt like they would care for that more not that was just my assumption yeah versus me announcing like oh i do poetry and mm-hmm. i I've, I've produced these this these type of stuff and events and plays and productions like mm-hmm. you know i've seen those things as little things yeah. in the haitian community right. do
0: you feel like that made you hold back or like hold back in a sense where it's like you held back from pursuing it passionately and pursuing it like i guess professionally was that outlook that they may have had, make, which in turn made you have that outlook that it was, like, small? I'm not major.
1: sure if it came from my parents, but it did come from my surroundings. My, sur- mm-hmm. I don't think my surroundings pushed me to think that this can ever be my full-time.
0: What was your surroundings?
1: Just in general, like whether it's my community space, whoever Mm -hmm. I was around, I don't, it wasn't really known for creatives to step out that way. Mm -hmm. To me, it felt like it was a hobby to do that. It didn't feel like, oh, Naomi, like this is, go ahead, pursue it. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I never felt encouraged Um, Even though I knew I was great at this craft it wasn't that my friends weren't saying I was great But just nobody would say look Naomi go do this full-time. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I love Talking about like this space that we're in as a career um, especially as Haitian women because it's not that I feel like our parents necessarily discouraged us from doing it. Cause I don't think my parents discouraged me from doing it too. I think they didn't understand it, which was just discouraging in general. But I find it interesting that even our peers didn't, you know, really yeah. like understand it or care to push us in that direction. I feel like everybody wanted to play it safe. Trust me. I wanted to play it safe too. If I could be a nurse, I would be okay. I just can't be a nurse. I don't know if that's safe. <laughs> I, but like I guess safe in the in a sense where there's a lot of
1: accepting s-
0: acceptance and job security yeah. and I and you know it seems mm-hmm. it's a it's an honorable um career choice because you're helping people um and so that's where I'm talking about safe it's yeah. not an easy route but you know it's more of like mm-hmm. the more accepted route and so I find it interesting that you said your surroundings when you said your surroundings I assumed you were think you were talking about like oh the church or like adults but you were talking about like your peers like everybody you know know.
1: imagine trying to do something and nobody else around you does it it's a scary thing it is definitely it's a scary thing to to say i'm going to do something that nobody else has ever done Mm -hmm. or i don't even have the blueprint on how to do this yeah and i'm choosing to like take this route it's scary, yeah. and uh, it's it's what stopped me from doing a lot of things for a lot of times, and it's it's one of those things I'm still learning how to overcome, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, Naomi, you do deserve to be able to do this. You can do it, because God, yeah. the glory of God is in you, mm-hmm. and you, by you being scared and um, and having fear, then how does God get the glory? Mm-hmm. And I have to kind of get into that mindset of like, all right, Naomi, I can't. I can't walk in fear anymore because how am I, how am I honoring God and who mm-hmm. he's called me to be here on earth? Mm-hmm.
0: So you believe, when you were in the journey of discovering spoken word and the fullness of your creativity, did you feel like it was a calling or did you feel like it was just an interest that you couldn't put down?
1: Oh, my goodness. When I decided to be a poet, I just wanted to vent. Okay. It had nothing to do with me trying to be this performer. I literally, I vented about everything. Mm -hmm. I remember my first, one of my first poems was when I was in sixth grade. Literally, back all the way in sixth grade, (laughs) I'm doing this poem about a boy called Damn He Fine. I'm so serious. And I would write poems about like, people that were like, insecure and stuff like that. And I, I'm not people, I was insecure. Mm And it was in this little glitter journal diary thingy, and I still have to this day. It was one. Of, it was the holder of my first poems, Aww. but I didn't write after that for years until I was 18. Around the Obama election, I remember it was like this big thing happening where people, like in my in my dorms, it was this thing against like black people and white people. Once he got elected, uh-uh. yeah, it happened when I was at in, in college, and I was like, wow, like. What is this? so I just vented out my stuff and I just told my friend about it, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, Naomi and then she s- spread the word and I end up being on a platform after that, but I still didn't consider it to be anything um when I really considered myself like a spoken word artist is when my heart like when i ex- like my heart began like was broken mm. yeah, like I experienced like senses of brokenness and I started just writing about my experiences and I started to just you know like had no filter mm-hmm. zero filter about how I was feeling and I think that's what resonated like that's what people loved about my poetry mm-hmm. is that it wasn't like I didn't care about the it's not that I didn't care about the audience or let's be hundred I didn't care about the audience mm-hmm. I just cared about like what Expressive, I need what I wanted so. to say on pa- paper mm-hmm. and then it just so happened to be able to translate to the yeah. audience yeah so poetry was like it's it's been therapeutic for me mm-hmm. it's been a form of healing it's the places where god like you know speaks to me um it's those times where it's those things i couldn't say to nobody mm-hmm. like not every poem reached the platform mm-hmm. it just sometimes just remained in my journals yeah. or my in my notebooks but it that's how like poetry like that's how it gave birth it wasn't anything to do with me trying to to get money from yeah, it or yeah, anything like Maya
0: that <laughs> yeah i wasn't
1: trying to be no next my yeah. angelou i wasn't i i didn't have like i just wanted to but mm-hmm. i eventually when i got into like ministry like um the first time i i understood that my poetry had a purpose was the first time i got on the stage it was at the william william mcdowell concert oh. um yeah they at did, your church right at new covenant church yeah. of cambridge mm-hmm. and i was just talking to mike about this a couple of days and Mike, if you watch this, hey. I, I was just talking to her about how, like, that was the first time I did, like, a poem that was faith-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, before that, actually, it was about marijuana. And I did it right in front of the church. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is Naomi, guys. Yeah, going to talk about, in the
0: Haitian church, she'll talk about some marijuana.
1: I sure did. Yeah. I definitely, matter of fact, I reverse it. The first official time I wrote a poem for the church was about the time that I actually had, taking marijuana, and that was my um, experience. And I, I, I performed it right in front of the church. And, and a bunch of Haitian gum wounds, all of that. What did they say? Uh, you I, need a lead. No, they appreciated it. Oh, really? They appreciated it. A lot of nice. people were like, oh my goodness. Um, they appreciated my transparency. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes you go into church and you put a mask on. Yeah, so and people can feel that when you oh, put a yeah. mask on.
0: yeah. I want to go back to the fact that you said that it wasn't until when you were broken or broke—not you know—not talking about money, but broken—that I mean, I mean, you I mean, really dove into that and realized like, wow, this is my thing. What broke you?
1: Ooh,
0: can I? Yeah, I, tell I came you? with the little questions or whatever. I'm oh, flowing. Ah, we didn't? Was-
1: did we prepare? I don't know
0: what do I know you from we don't
1: know yo you don't know I don't know this woman it was dangerous if y'all know me from Salem State University I did have a piece prior to that brokenness it was called I'm looking for love but bless I was so obsessed with guys and (laughs) I kid you not and I, I did this piece but the piece that really got me into this like spoken word i love to be on the stage uh it was when ooh this is about to be real transparent but y'all be all right good this is what they want to hear. it was when i was in this relationship situation with this boy and um he broke my heart mm-hmm. so i wrote this piece called and you proceeded and ooh. i remember it and it was talking about i know y'all be all right this minister's not a virgin it was talking mm-hmm. about when I lost my virginity and I f- how I felt like he hurt me, and I performed this vulnerable piece on the stage, so vulnerable, and the audience resonated with me. I kid you not, it was not rehearsed, and the line was, and you proceeded, that was repetitive through the piece. Mm-hmm. I would literally say it, the audience would say it with me. Wow! Instead of so the point they knew, like, and you proceeded. Wow. And I remember it was like this whole like shift, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, like, like people were starting to ask us to to perform more like this is me at Salem State University mm-hmm. and that's where you go right now I sure do yes. and, and it, it, we were I was in the organization Urban Arts Theater and we just kind of built this organization from our raw emotions our feelings how mm-hmm. things were going that's when I can say like that was when like I was I was I was I was in a heart place at that time mm-hmm. but it that right there gave me some type of refuge it felt like it gave me some type of like I can get back up Mm. if I can say this piece I can get back up and somebody else on here listening to this piece is going to resonate with me cuz I know mm. I'm not in this by myself. Wow. And I feel like sometimes people feel like we're in things by ourselves but we're yeah. not. Yeah. That's why you know for me I just that was my my poetry moment. Wow. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything memorized?
0: Ah, I girl. might put you on the spot later. Girl, I might put uh-huh. you on the- we'll, we'll move on, but I might put you on the spot. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. I was like, yeah. this going to ask. Oh, you better have, have something prepared these. for me. You better have something prepared. I don't know if I got anything. I yeah. got a thing. Uh-huh. I love all of this because, like I said, I know the way I obviously, we grew, I guess we grew up the same, just like the Haitian stuff, the Haitian girl stuff. You know how it goes. And so Fox. when I hear you like saying, Speak So like clearly and unapologetically about certain things, which is the way I consider myself to be as well Like very unapologetic about the things I speak. I've spoken about sex and stuff on this platform My dad actually listens to this podcast. So Being. he already knows what's up Exposure. I'm sure um, and so I really appreciate that about you and the fact that you can go in front of church people and speak on these things and i feel like in a way that frees a lot of other haitian girls that may feel like yo like wow i have kept this part of me behind closed doors because i didn't feel like i could ever express or like you said relate to anyone especially as haitian women where our sexuality has been something that either we have been taught in a way to feel ashamed of or it's a secret thing or it's something that is just like, you know, for your husband, which it is, but what if you didn't give it to your husband? You know, Mm -hmm. what if you gave it to several people that weren't your husband? What if you gave it to women? You know what I mean? And so it's like, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of other things that is covered, smoking. I had, I'll say this, but nobody's gonna know what I'm talking about. I remember I had somebody come on this podcast to talk about their journey and just, you know, what we're doing here now. And a big part of their story was how they were a smoker. And that was a big thing in that they couldn't even say it. I can't even use the episode. Like that's how like bad it was. Like they couldn't even say that they were a smoker. And I was like, wow, it's crazy how like shame still plays a part in your story. Even if you're like 10 years removed from it, even if you're married and you have your own household, it's like that shame of like all these things still walks with you. And I think it has, it's heavily, heavily influenced by these three institutions right here. Oh, yeah. These three
1: institutions right here. Wow, it's good. I mean, I think of the verse that we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb in the word of our testimony. So we can't be pleading the blood of Jesus, but not willing to hear the testimony and the story behind it. Let's be 100%. (laughs) Wow. And, you know, for... Wow. Yeah, let's be 100%. And I too felt that shame for mm-hmm. a long time and I'm like, I've come from a lot. Mm-hmm. My background is not that pretty, but I yeah. think that that's what's going to allow people to resonate with me. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to allow people to get, like, that's a, that's where souls come in, yeah. right? Yeah. Where th- they'll see that I'm a soul and you're a soul just like me, and we both came through some things, yeah. we're, but we're all trying to overcome. Yeah. But if we're trying to play church, right, put mm-hmm. a mask on, mm-hmm. make it seem like, oh my goodness, everything's good, everything's pretty. I remember feeling in my... my like growing up in church, how everybody, all the youth leaders looked so holier than thou. Mm -hmm. They presented themselves as holier than thou. Whether they knew it or not, I'm not throwing shade, but it was, and it's not their fault. It came from a generation where we like to dress and look a certain way. If my skirt is to my ankle, I'm I'm a holy girl, Mm -hmm. you know? But at that time, I would dress like that and I knew nothing about Jesus, let's Mm be 100%. And that's the culture I grew up in. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, look presentable to people, but are you actually doing what? Like, are you actually like this is this really the you, mm-hmm. right? It's a mask that you're putting on. Yeah. And I like I I think our culture and society has taught us to put on this mask mm-hmm. each and every day. Put on this mask, put on mm-hmm. this mask, put on this mask. And I'll admit it, like there are times I have poems, I'm like, I don't know if I want to release this. Like, Mm -hmm. this might be way too much because my content is raw. And to be honest, I remember when I transitioned from doing poetry for what we say, the world, Mm -hmm. to doing it now for the church. There was this whole overcoming a mountain that I went through Mm. doing it. And the mountain was, like, at one point, I remember my poetry just not sounding like me. Mm. When I started ministering for the church, I wanted it to sound so holy so mm. bible so yeah. if you get what i'm saying i, I know wanted to mean, yeah. i d- wanted to dress it up in scripture i wanted Ooh, to dress it yeah. up and all this stuff and realistically it just couldn't flow so i remember my friend was like yeah naomi i don't know that doesn't even sound like you and i'm like what are you talking about mm. thank god for our honest friends mm. i'm like what are you talking about i'm doing this for the glory of god so god be the glory <laughs> like that's where i was at like i was doing things like yeah in, in ways that were just I wanted to ex- like be this person, yeah. um, but you know, why? this minister, because you know that's how we grew up. We go around with everybody looking like the, dressing the best, their best, yeah. their Sunday's best. One thing about Haitians,
0: you will never catch a Haitian at an event or whatever and not look like they're going to a gala. Okay, that's Even one though thing their I bank could Account could
1: be like like this, like
0: this. But you gonna look good, and you gonna smell good. I don't know where that rumor came from that we don't smell good. For real, I smell good right now. Mm. I smell okay. Thank you, Old Spice. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know that you are one of how many eight. Yeah. One, oh, literally? Yeah. Oh, I was and I'm, a, I'm a twin. I'm a twin. Oh, yeah, you are a twin. She is a twin.
1: Hi, sister. Shout out I to Namie. You.
0: Shout out to Namie. Yeah, so you are one of eight, and you are the second to last, because my twin's technically the last, but we're both last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that, It's in itself, because, you know, I know you. You've told me some things and stuff like that. How did that, in itself, play a part of you coming to who you are? Um, just in all aspects, or the best way you could think of it. Like, how did that play a part?
1: Okay, sometimes, um, being the youngest, you are exposed to so many identities mm-hmm. and ways of living, and, um, I think as a being one of the youngest people, I got to see a lot of things, a lot of trauma, a lot mm-hmm. of, um toxic behavior um there was a dynamic where we had the younger like me and my half of us were born in America another was born in Haiti really that was a dramatic like that was something that our family had to truly overcome and is still overcoming wow. that division um it was it was definitely yeah but one thing i know is that like within my family I think being the youngest, I still feel like I I still have a form of leadership, mm-hmm. and I think at points I was afraid to kind of be that leader. You know, um, I'm the first one to go to school to get her master's. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, I'm the first one to be able to be launching this project that we're about to talk about soon. Yeah, um, there's a lot of firsts. Like nobody, I don't see anybody in my family kind of breaking this routine mm-hmm. of like what our household has been Mm -hmm. and I feel like oh my gosh like being the youngest it it felt intimidating and I felt like there were times I was trying to play small because I didn't want to offend and not because they were telling me oh you ain't nothing I think at one point I was trying to prove myself to that to Mm -hmm. my family being being the youngest I was trying to make this point and now I'm kind of like I own myself. I own who I am. I own who God has called me to be. I'm the first person to be ordained as a pastor. It's not even in our family lineage, mm. although I look at some of my siblings and I can see how they could be walking in a ministry like mm-hmm. that. Um, so being the youngest and being the first, I felt like was a mountain to climb for myself. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's
0: real. That's real to, to have to take that on and be, you know when you're the one that sees things? Oh. Where it's like, dang, like, does nobody see this pattern? And because you see it, you're
1: responsible for breaking it, right? Yeah. And I'm the most talkative out of everybody. Yeah, like, I they believe like, mail that. me, mail me. <laughs> I was so, I'm so unafraid <laughs> sometimes, but I love my, my siblings. Yeah. But at one point, I was so unafraid to say whatever I had to say in my mind. Like, and honestly, I truly believe God made me like that. I felt like I had to, but I learned how to say it with love. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, I'm one of those people, I'm like, I'm going to say how I feel. Like, I'm going to, like, because. Like, I grew up in a family that didn't express that. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't say what they were feeling. They held on to a lot of Mm -hmm. things. And that's what I grew up with people holding on to their hurt, holding on to trauma, holding on to all of that, and learning how to kind of like heal from that, learn, like, disconnect from that. How do you, you know, how are you the light in your family? Mm -hmm. It's not even that I disown my family. I love my family. But God has called us to be a light. Mm -hmm. And some of us think being the light is like, being in the world light no mm-hmm. you gotta learn how to be a light within your household mm-hmm. you gotta learn how to be um how to minister within your household you gotta learn how to talk to people within your household yeah. and i had to kind of like go through that process of what it like of breaking what like generational stuff Mm -hmm. within my my household and choosing to say no this is not we're going to like our house is going to serve the lord Mm -hmm. my family's going to serve the lord and if i'm going to be that representation or my sister's going to be that representation or my brother whoever's going to be that we're going to we're going to figure out how to make this family come together in unity and love and it wasn't a me thing Mm -hmm. i can say it's a god thing Mm -hmm. right and it's you know, as he's working in our hearts, things have changed in our family.
0: Amen. I love that. Now let's get into your project because you mentioned it. So I feel like you pulled the segue. I so we're going to segue into this. As we all know, Naomi is a creative. She's a poet, and now, well, you've always been a writer. Yeah. But you are an author.
1: Okay. And yes. by the time
0: that you guys see this, her project is already out. Would be yes. already out. So. I want you to tell the people what this project is, what it's not, and how they can get it.
1: Whatever you want to say. Okay. Look Um, into your camera right here. So, you guys, I am releasing my book, my first ever book. The book is called Pursuit of Joy um, by me. I'm really excited for this book. I've been working on this book for almost two years now. God has given me um, the grace to be able to do this. Um, it was a journey. This book it talks about everything we basically were talking about. It talks mm-hmm. about my journey um, with, within church. It talks about my journey in mental health. It talks about my my journey with men. Um, it talks about like even me my my ministry and empowering women amen that might just that might be going through the same things as me it's a book full of testimony right it's my testimony but um it's i call it what is it a poetic autobiography Mm -hmm. so um it's going to be coming out i don't know when this podcast is um being released but it's going to be coming out and i'm really excited for you guys to dive into this journey i truly believe that woman are going to be healed. Men, if they read this book, they're gonna learn something, right? And it's a lot of topics, if I if I wanna be 100% real, it's a lot of topics that the church don't talk about, right? And, and they're gonna look at it and be like, whoa, this is raw, and mm-hmm. it's raw. It's transparent, it's honest, but it's also love, right? And it's a space where I like, doing this book healed me. Mm. Yeah, doing this book healed me. There were things that God had me face writing this book that I buried so deep into my mind and didn't realize that it affected me so much. Mm-hmm. Doing this book transitioned my mind. It made me have to walk paths that I didn't want to walk, but it was a it's a ministry. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for this book because... It, it, the way that it's changed my life, people of God, I know it's going to change yours. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to write this book? Ooh, I started the journey January 2021. Mm-hmm. January 2021. Not even January, February 2021. And it's now what we're in. November. Well, yeah, we're in November, so it's the last year. Of yeah, we're it. in November, and I'm still on, like, the last editing aspect, but at this point, it's time for it to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's practically at the last rounds of edits. Um, so about... Um, a it's year not,
0: and, like, six months? Maybe, like, ten. A year and ten months? Maybe a
1: year and ten months. By the time it comes out, it's going to be probably two years mm-hmm. before the book is released. Um, it's, it's definitely been a journey. Mm-hmm. It's definitely been a journey, but two
0: years of uncovered testimonies yeah in the form of poetry so i am i don't read like that now y'all know this okay i just recently got mad books though because my dad said i should start reading because i'm smart yeah so this book i cannot i tell you i cannot wait i cannot wait for this book to come out this is already my favorite book Bestseller on oh, Amazon, we New it in York Jesus Times. Name. This is just this book is amazing, you guys. Um, cover designed by me. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> I was like, she it. made the design. Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. But yeah, I already know it's amazing because you're amazing, and I've read and I've heard your poetry, your spoken word, and it always blows me away. It gives me goosebumps. It makes My me It makes me nervous. It makes me like you said that but it's everything and so to have all of that in a book and it's testifying it's uncovering it's relating it's speaking back to the reader it's doing all these things it's
1: exposure it's exposing the whole time I but you know I don't like using the word but I'll say it that's what it felt like I felt like I was exposing myself I'm like whoa like I would be writing it and there'll be times tears come to my face Mm. but then there'll be times I'm like Whoa. Mm-hmm. God, you want me to say this? Are you serious?
0: <laughs> Put my business nah, out there. No, 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 nah. I can't
1: say it. I can't expose this part of me because people gonna judge me. People gonna come this, people gonna come that. But it's as if God was like, All right, Naomi, the spirit of boldness. I'm gonna pray, I'm a, like I was yes. praying so, so I could be bold mm-hmm. because I'm like, yo, people really need to hear this and mm-hmm. I need not to hide it. Yeah. Um Can I talk about a very vulnerable part of the book? I was just about
0: to ask you that.
1: (laughs) Okay, praise God. Um, So, a very vulnerable part of the Mm -hmm. book that I recently, um, I'm really excited to talk about that I don't feel like it's talked about is the journey of um, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. That's probably my most vulnerable. Honestly, if you go through the book, it's going to talk about me being a side chick is going to talk about, you know, my mental health, going to talk about all of that. But I think the most vulnerable part of me was a time that I dealt with like sexual, um, assault and, um, or moments that people, you know, men touch me and all of that and growing up and not telling people about this. I think that was really hard for me, um, to write. Matter of fact, it took maybe a year. It took it took maybe maybe eight or nine, not even eight year or maybe eight or nine months before I remembered that that even happened as I was wow. writing, and I was getting into prayer and God like had me like write about this part and I remember just bawling out in tears, mm-hmm. remembering like oh my gosh because it's like w- sometimes we deal with trauma and we don't realize that we have trauma and it's so hidden because we've we put it in the back. And I remember creating like this section of the book that talks about like things that happened to me in my young age, things that happened to me in my um, um, my college days and stuff mm. like that, or even as I'm an adult, like things that are happened to me. And I was afraid to kind of bring that topic up, you know, until one time I really went to a mission trip recently um in in dominican republic and we were just praying and all these women around me were just kind of talking about their journey Mm. like they were just talking about how like there was like i'm talking about if there if there was 10 women in the room like seven of them had dealt with molestation Mm. and sexual abuse and that right there empowered me to be like yo I don't feel like i grew up hearing this Mm. like in the church people addressing this stuff like why are we so disconnected Mm. from real life things like you know even as being this strong black woman like why like (laughs) i felt like i had to put this mask on to make everything seem like it was all right but i was bleeding Mm. and i was in pain and in in my anxiety stemmed from somewhere and my rejection of 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 um of people came from somewhere or even my acceptance of wanting to like um you know be wanted by a man like if yeah. i was to tell people about this this is one part in the book that's kind of like it blows my mind on how my mindset was what after i had first gotten like my first encounter of somebody like this touching me in a way that was just unacceptable mm-hmm. but how it re- how it trickled into my life
0: mm-hmm. how
1: like eight years down the line, I still was seeing something. Wow. Not even 10 years down the line from that one encounter mm-hmm. that happened at 18, it was still affecting me at 30. Wow. And I think that's where in the book, like I, I want to, um, I want to share my story and in how I overcome, but also just like, I think just simply sharing the story and the journey will allow people to recognize what they've gone through, Mm. like what have they gone through? So, because I'm an advocate for, for therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Partnered up with Jesus. We need Jesus and therapy, people of God. And I think that a form of therapy is reflection. Mm, yeah. It's like exposing like those parts of yourself that you've kept hidden. Because then, once I've become aware of this thing existing, I could bring it to the altar. Mm-hmm. But I yes. didn't, when you don't realize it exists. Yeah. And you're one, you're not you're trying to pray away your frustrations and your anger and all that. trying to rebuke a demon, you're rebuking the wrong demon. Mm. <laughs> you're in bondage because you're dealing with unforgiveness.
0: Yeah. And not
1: just unforgiveness of the person that did it to you, but maybe even yourself. Wow. I'm talking about recently, I forgave myself. Mm. My life coach told me, Naomi, I want you to write a letter to forgive yourself. It took me a year and some change before I was able to actually say, I forgive you. Wow! Like I forgive you, like wow. me, I forgive myself because a lot of times, we, you know, Dang. God will forgive us. Christ, you know, you know, we're already forgiven, right? I repent, yeah. Lord, forgive me. And then many times we're asking, to forgive us," for the same thing. Yeah. So we're holding on to this guilt, and then in a lot of times it's because we haven't gone through the process of forgiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through the process like that. It was not my fault, mm. and that's no longer me. Yeah. I am no longer that girl. I am no longer that person that experienced it, although I went through it, it's just a part of my story, but it's not me. Mm. It's a part of my testimony, but it's not me right now. Mm-hmm. I have to get through that level of like overcoming. So out of the book, I can say that that's probably the most like wow, like that what that was probably the hardest part of the book, yeah, for, that was probably the book that that was part that was probably the part that I wrote like the latest down the line, Mm -hmm. like towards the end of this creation of the book was that part Mm -hmm. that needed to come out, that needed to pour, that needed to, you know, like, you know, it it gave me a sense of breakthrough. And you would be shocked to know how many
0: women, people, men alike, especially in this, our community, that has dealt with it, that is on a pulpit, that has, dealt with it but hasn't really dealt with it yeah and you'll be surprised like even me like i've had like people in my community tell me these things have happened to them like even like a couple months ago somebody i know told me that this is what happened to them i was shocked
1: because yeah. i know this
0: person very well i would never know that that was like their one of their experiences and it shocked me and i was like wow this is this is more common than i realized And you would never, like, you would never guess. Like, even, I've had, like, somebody who's, like, really, really, really close to me, not the same person, tell me an experience, and then they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." but, like, we're not, like, moving on from it, like, it wasn't, like, they didn't just tell me they got, like... Abused. Abused. Like, in this, when I tell you, like, multiple times people close to me, like, close, close. Yeah. My top ten. Close, close. And I'm like, yo, like this is real stuff.
1: Like, I, I think it's the biggest stuff. problem. Sorry, to cut you Off. I think the biggest problem is the fact that the church don't talk about it. Mm. How we have a, such a huge community of people that have been sexually abused, molested, and ain't nobody talking about it. Mm.
0: Yeah. Maybe they don't. They don't. They don't know how to address it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's
1: more, I think it's, I think it's more religion. Yeah. If you want my real truth, I Mm -hmm. think we're so used to preaching like, thou shall not sin and stuff like that, which is kind of Like the condemnation aspect of like, you know, of, of in the church. But then I'm like, yo, can we talk about how people are really broken? Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, what I love about Psalm 51, it talks, you know, and that, you know, I, I read that scripture as a form of, you know, when I, when, for repentance, right? David wrote that psalm when he was repenting. Um, but then there's one part of the scripture that says, God delights in a broken and contrite heart, right? And I'm like, what if we address people's brokenness more often? Mm-hmm. Like, can we address people's brokenness? because maybe they don't see refuge in here because ain't nobody talking about it. Yeah, it's true. Ain't nobody saying it, are we? And it is our responsibility to speak to that. Church is not here just for youth or events that make everything looks fancy and we got all the lighting, we got all of that. No, church is a place for healing. Mm -hmm. God came, Jesus came here on earth to help people yeah. Be broken free from bondage, mm-hmm. from sickness. Right? We we he's help. Uh, he 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 came here so that we don't have to live. We don't have to go to church playing like you know fancy anymore. Yeah. Because the world, if we look at this world, it's wicked right now. Mm-hmm. It's wicked. Yeah. Right. But are, where are we addressing this wickedness inside the building? Mm. Right. Where? I'm finding more sanctuary in places that don't have have god than 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 the church i felt comfortable to vent out in spaces uh, with people that may not know god Mm -hmm. than my own building Mm. i felt like they resonated with me more this is back in the day now to god be the glory things have changed but it's i'm wondering it's like why why it's important that we do have spaces where people can feel comfortable To tell their story and that's the reason why this book i believe is going to change people's lives i
0: believe it as well it's going to change
1: people's lives because because i was willing to be vulnerable and transparent you can too yeah yeah like because i was not afraid to say this is what i've gone through in life other people other women other men they'd be like yo i'm gonna talk about it Mm -hmm. i'm going to share this because it's going to help somebody else. Yeah. The story's not just for me. It's for everybody. hmm
0: Thank you so much, Naomi. That was amazing. Um, is there anything else you want to say to the people? You know me. I'm going to make you pray. <laughs> I just prayed to start. <laughs> for three seconds, but you didn't pray out. You didn't pray on the podcast.
1: Oh, I thought that was part of it. No, okay. I'm picking it out. Um, Pick it I just want to say um thank you for having me i really am enjoying what i really enjoyed this conversation and Mm -hmm. i'm so thankful for what god is is doing um this is just the beginning y'all follow me on my social media um at sincerely naomi as well as at pursuit of joy underscore y'all so you can be updated with what's going on one thing i'll say is y'all your tribe matters being around the people like especially as you're pushing for your goals pushing to do things your tribe matters who you surround yourself with it truly matters i am surrounded with prayer warriors i am surrounded with people that love god that truly seek his kingdom i'm surrounded by love i'm surrounded by encouragers you know and if you're going through a season where you feel like oh my gosh who's who do i have you have God right and he will put the right people around you and that's exactly what he did for me earlier on the podcast you mentioned something about like the pulling of saying like who you are and your your titles that was me for a long time Mm -hmm. amen but through God I felt empowered to be like no I am this person that God has called me to be. Like, when you look in the Bible and you talk, like, when when God was talking to Moses, he says, I am the I am. So when I think of I am, I'm like, yo, I am poet. I am author. I am creator. I Mm -hmm. am pastor. But the I am is a representation of God, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm in God, I am pastor. Because I am in God, I am poet. Because I am in God, like, God is truly in control, y'all. Seek him. Truly, he will change you lives if you really give him all of you. Mm. So, thank you, thank you for having me. God bless y'all. Thank
0: you so much, Naomi. And thank you guys for listening, watching, wherever you were. Please subscribe to our channel at Liquor Ligue Zakai and follow us on Instagram at Liquor Ligue Zakai underscore. And subscribe to our newsletter, Nouvelle Akai, to get updates sales whatever we're doing um yeah thank you for listening guys bye Bye. Bye.